remember this when you're raising money, a confused mind doesn't act. What's up, everybody? My name is Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. What's going on, STR Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I am your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What's up, E? My brother. Four shows in a week. We haven't done this in, in a minute. Um, We're letting them rip, dude. I'm well, good. It's, yeah. I was going to say something, and I completely zoned out on it, but I am just excited overall to just... You know what's funny? This last couple of weeks, I've really been like being surrounded more and more but with you and now with our our, our guests right with people of just like higher and higher uh, caliber and it just it's a reminder of like how i felt when we first joined m1 which was a mastermind mike and i were a part of is like that feeling of like my problems are not weird it's just because i'm around the wrong kind of people and like being able to like finally be like oh i have this going on and having people that are like yeah i'm going through the same thing and i'm like i need a better local group of people which has been like kind of difficult because florida is so like kind of transient you know i mean like yeah it's very transient you know i mean then in the summer everybody leaves so nobody wants to stay here over summer which i don't blame them you know yeah but it's good and so i'm just looking forward to like in the new year just being super purposeful like surrounding myself and just hanging out and making an effort because that's another thing that i kind of fall into is like i get busy and I don't make effort to like make it out to things and make it out to like events because I'm like, I need me time. So it's just, you know, it's interesting, but yeah, I always feel better after going to the events. Like by the time this airs, it'll have been a couple of weeks ago, but I was out in Scottsdale with some heavy hitters, Yeah, heavy hitters. No, and, I can uh, feel it off of you too. Right. I'm like, yeah. it, because I, it's just that, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, that I need to. Like just there. getting to like talk one-on-one with like Patrick Bed David and like Dean Graziosi, dude, just like levels yeah. you up. You're just like, damn, dude. Like, you know, I looked up to these guys for so long and then I'm just having like casual conversations with them. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm in the room with these guys now. Like, this is amazing, you know? Yeah. So that was, that was super cool. And then again, by the time this airs, dude, we're officially over a hundred doors, which is like wild to think about. Sure. I always thought I was going to stop at like 20 and yeah. uh, here we are, man. Like it, yeah. it's nuts. Yeah, I feel like if somebody goes back through the podcast, we definitely have some uh, audio he always calls me out he's like yeah that's a lot of you saying it like yeah i'm gonna stop now and everybody's like "Uh uh-huh and it's just like we're gonna stop now and like "Uh (laughs) uh-huh you know why stop you know it's as long as you're systematized you're having fun and you're living the life that you want that's the thing dude it's like purposeful it's not just to add units it's like the right deals with the right partners and you know the the right game plan and that's when that's when it is fun you know i've got some really good partners on some of these deals and it's just it's fun. It really is. So, yeah. So I'm super excited for our guest today. Um, somebody that I've gotten to know pretty well over the last 12 months and, uh, you know, talk about a players and just people I love to hang out with just great conversation, you know, super, super hungry. He gets out there. He's an action taker and he's, he's been crushing the game the last 12 months. So today we've got, uh, Mr. Rich Summers on the show. He's a real estate investor and entrepreneur. Uh, He holds an impressive portfolio of apartment buildings, boutique hotels, and short-term rentals valued in excess of 50 mil, 
buying his first apartment by cashing out his 401k. I totally relate to that. <laughs> Summers knew to be successful until he had to take risks. Today, Rich is the CEO and founder of two uh, real estate businesses, Summer Cap Summers Capital and Fortune Cribs. Summers Capital is a vertically integrated boutique hotel investment firm comprised of industry-leading executives with an in-house property management company, Fortune Cribs, and direct booking platform. Their firm is able to perform at levels superior to competitors. Fortune Cribs is a technology and data-driven real estate investment and management firm. A national portfolio specializes in top-tier turnkey short-term rentals. Fortune Cribs operates in Arizona, California, Florida, Indiana, and Tennessee, and is actively expanding across the U.S. And uh, without further ado, my brother, welcome to the show. What's up, boys? Pleasure to be here. Love Dude, chatting I'm, with you guys. I'm gonna need always. a bigger piece of paper next time for your bio. Bro. <laughs> it's like it needs to be written in the back of like a Walgreens receipt. You know what I mean? It's like one of the things that just like keeps on going. That's pretty um, funny. We're we're in yeah. Oregon now too, so we're gonna have to update that. Yeah. Oh, boom! And honestly, boom. bro, like one of from the moment I met you, and I remember you walking after me, like in Nashville, it was just like one was the vibe, and then like I've just seen you execute over time, putting out great content just giving and just being so you remind me a little bit of like a uh, Gary V like you have that like Gary V kind of like hustle to you and like this just content 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 and like I he's so way more it. suave than Gary V though yeah <laughs> he's obviously like he's yeah he's you know new and improved Gary V you know what I mean but like always I've been so looking forward to this and every time I've talked about you coming on the show I was always like, yeah, one second, I'm working on something. I'm like, wait, one second, I'm working on something. Wait, yeah. I'm not ready yet. I'm like, yeah, come on, like, let's let's do this. You know, you're like, one second, yep. okay, one more deal, one more <laughs> deal, and never come on. So I'm so grateful that you finally made it. Your new office behind you looks incredible. We were just talking off air about that. Um, yeah, if you guys are listening, you're gonna want to watch this one on YouTube too. Just an FYI. Yeah. Well, first of um, all, I appreciate you guys. And, and E, those are very kind words and, and humbling words. Um, had both of you guys on my old podcast, the Apartment Investing Podcast. And that's kind of how we kind of got to know each other initially. And then hanging out at Nashville and in Miami most recently. Definitely vibing with you guys. And I appreciate you guys having me on the show. It's a uh, pleasure to be here. Yeah, dude. So let, let's go back to that. I remember that podcast you and I did. It was about a year ago, actually, mm -hmm. right around this yep. month. And um I just saw like the light bulb go off in your head during that yeah. interview. So why don't, why don't we go back to that point and then just let's just talk about like the last 12 months, dude, because you just went on a tear. Yeah, absolutely. So at that point, um, I was solely buying apartments uh, to that point. And uh, in 2021, cap rates started compressing. There was just a lot of money looking for the same deals. I feel like there's so many mentorship programs out there within the apartment space. You know, Michael Blanc's got one and Jake and Gino and all these cats. And so just so much money looking for the same types of assets. And I feel like over the last 10 years, a lot of the value add components have been sucked out of these properties. And so it's like you're looking for a diamond in the rough. And so we would find ourselves underwriting, you know, know 250 deals to maybe find one or two that penciled and those one or two apartment deals that penciled would have 65 property tours and 45 offers and by the time you got to best and final if you were lucky enough to you're going to have to overpay for that asset and it's not really a good deal at that point and so we we remember like i would circle back with these brokers after they closed and I'd be like man like that didn't pencil for us but just curious like what did that trade for and would trade for like millions more than the guidance I'm like man like we got to find something else and so when i had you on the show last december you know my short-term rentals here in San Diego that I kind of backed into accidentally were just cash flowing like, like kings and they were just smooth. You don't have to shake on them to keep them full. They just did great. 
And so when I had you on the show, I was like kind of looking for like, okay, what's that next move for me? And so interviewing you, like the light bulb came on. I'm like, man, like what if I started a co-hosting business? And so I was just super inspired. And uh, for your listeners out there, uh, I, I think literally like the next night after that show, I picked up the, the phone. I was like, I got to call Mike. Got you on the phone call, ended up joining your mastermind. And uh, because of that mastermind, I've been able to build a lot of what I have today. So thank you for that. Dude, it's been more than a pleasure like working with you guys. And I think one of the things that I noticed with you, right? And because you've had previous success in the way that you've accelerated it, your approach from the beginning was different than a lot of people in that immediately you were thinking about the who, right? And you went out and recruited some badass people for your team, even before you really had volume to support it. But you were like, dude, I just know if I build the infrastructure, I'll go find the deals, but I need the right people on the bus first. And you like built this infrastructure under you with like people that were bought into your vision. And like, then you just went to town and just started executing. Right. And now you've got like this great culture. You've got great people on your team and like the deals are flowing. So like, do you want to like talk about that a little bit? Because I don't think that most people truly understand that like mindset shift. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, first, first and foremost, you know, there's a lot of books out there that say like, you know, profit first and go slow and play it safe. But it's like, man, like, you know, if you have the capital and I had the capital because of all the other real estate deals that I, that I had going on. And so I think if you have the capital, you should invest in your business. And one of the best things you can do is invest in hiring the right people, putting the right people in the right seats. And once you build out that infrastructure, then you can re get ready to rock and roll. And so that's kind of what I did. And that's kind of the mindset that I've had in terms of like the hiring approach, man, we tried all sorts of different things. We, we tried uh, sourcing through ZipRecruiter and Indeed and some of those job posting sites. But, you know, what we found was a lot of those individuals are individuals that might jump around from job to job every six months or so. And now you're competing with 40 other employers that are also interviewing these people. And so we didn't find a lot of success doing that. But where I found the most success is from hiring from within the personal network, personal circle of people that I already know, like, and trust. And a lot of the individuals on the team were already working, you know, careers and, and kind of content with where they currently were. But I approached them and said, Hey, I have an opportunity. This is what we can do together would you like to talk about it? And ended up poaching a lot of them to come join us. And now we've built a nice team. There's six of us here full-time in the office. We got two uh, VAs in the Philippines. And so there's eight of us total, but we just have a nice team, a great vibe. We're all buying into this target together. We just implemented EOS and we're just, we're amped up, man. We're excited for this new chapter. Broke up with my partners with Pack 3 Capital about two months ago. And when I did that, I talked to the team. I'm like, hey, this is what's going down. Just so you guys know, I'm going to need you guys all on board and we're going to hire more people and we're going to we're going to rock this shit. And um, they got excited. We got everyone on board. We got into this new office. We just built out the new podcast studio. We're dropping the podcast soon and uh, we're getting after it. We're going to we're going to try to buy twenty five million dollars of boutique hotels in the next 12 months. That's the target. We got the first one under contract right now. It's a six million dollar deal here. Six blocks from our office in San Diego, downtown, Little Italy, which is like the trendiest hot neighborhood in San Diego. So excited for it, man. Damn, bro. Oh, this is like, so good. To our listeners, I want to take yeah. this to. Yeah, to our listeners, this is where we like rich. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is how rich is all the time. And this is how rich is in person. This is how rich is on shows. This is how rich is. And like, you need a rich in your life, right? Like either like somebody that like you look up to or somebody that you have as a friend or like somebody that you want to be friends with you need people like this right mike 
you have a bunch of directions you want to take it in. I yeah, have so I think, so I think first, I kind of want to yeah. talk about like the progression of like, you got a bunch of like nice luxury, like STRs, and then you kind of made the leap into the hotel. So let's talk about like kind of the progression, you know, over the last 12 months of like how many deals, because people always want to know the details of like, how many deals should I do before I do a hotel? And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. it's not exactly a mathematical formula. So I always yeah. like to pick people's brains on how they made that jump and when it made sense. Yeah. So I answered that question in terms of like a process and like mindset. So when I first joined um, your mastermind and said, okay, I'm going to launch a a co-hosting business because at that time I had three short-term rentals here in San Diego and I had a part-time assistant who was doing the guest comms. And so I thought, okay, well, as I build the team, we can manage other people's properties and bring in more revenue that way. And so initially the thought process was let's make this a one-shop stop. We'll underwrite the deals. We'll source them. We'll negotiate them and then we'll bring them to a client who's already pre-approved. They close on it and then we do all the work. We do the design, the setup, we operate everything, kind of making it truly hands-off. And so, I don't know, we got to about 20 or so of those deals and um, that's when interest rates really started to hike up. The Fed was just doing these heavy increases and that that was the time when I'm like, hey guys, like we got to pivot because I don't want to be advising clients to buy these deals when I feel like the market's going to soften. Right. And so that's when we said, okay, what are we going to pivot to? And that was when the boutique hotel idea came to fruition. I was actually down in Medellin, Colombia at the time. I was working remotely for a week and I was in a coffee shop and I was just browsing deals on LoopNet. And I came across a 10 room hotel in Northern California, right on the beach. And it was uh, up by the Oregon border called the broker. She's like, yeah, like it's available. The seller's willing to finance it. A lot of deal, a lot of uh, groups have inquired, but no one's actually took the time to come up here and do their own due diligence. And so I called my partner, Mike at the time. I said, Hey, let's fly up there. Let's go check out this deal. We went up there. We actually stayed on the hotel overnight and we went and like met a bunch of the surrounding hotel in managers and some of the surrounding properties. And we became friends with them. And a lot of them, the one next door, actually, I remember we went over that night. She sent us, she showed us all her books, all the revenue. So this deal that we were buying, they had one, we went up there on a Monday night. They had one of the 10 rooms occupied. This property had been doing $200,000 in gross revenue a year, kind of a rural area, but like beautiful right on the water. And we thought, dude, I don't know if we're able to make this deal work just with the market fundamentals and that sort of thing. But the hotel in manager next door showed us all her, their books and they were doing seven fifty a year and they weren't even on Airbnb or Verbo. And they were also 10 rooms. Um, but our hotel was bigger. It had living rooms. It had fireplaces, ocean views. And so we thought, man, if they can do seven fifty without, you know, Airbnb and Verbo, we can maybe push a million. And so that's what gave us the confidence to pursue that deal. I love that, dude. Wow. I love that. And then, so that was a 10 unit. So now you're pushing like 30 units total on the yeah. SDRs, right? And this is within how many months? Yeah. So right now we're, uh, we just, we just onboarded a, um, a co-hosting deal, a seven room boutique hotel in Oregon. So I think that puts us at close to 50. Dude. Yeah. Close to 50. In like 12 months. 12 months. Not even. Cause I think you started up in like January, like realistically. Yeah. So January. Like, yeah. I think that yeah. we, the first, the first few we closed in February of last year. Yeah. So guys, like, think about that again, like, that's why like a lot of people talk about mindset and we talk about mindset a lot, but it's like, it's so crucial, dude. Like he's learning the same information that a lot of other people learn, but like, why did he accelerate it so fast? Cause he was clear on what he wanted. He had the right mindset. He built a good team and then he just went for it. Right. Like a lot of people would see that deal on LoopNet and be like, yeah, that's probably a good deal. And then 
maybe reach out and then they're like, yeah, we've had some inquiries, but nobody's come up here to look at it. And then they're like, well, I don't really want to fly up there either. Right. It's like, no, like I'm going to go check it out. I might have an opportunity here. Mm -hmm. Right. So we got that one going. How has that one been going or is it live yet? Or did you guys need to reno or? Yeah, that one's been doing good. So we shut it down. We continue to operate for like two months through the busy season. And then we shut it down October one. And the cool thing is, is because of the slowdown right now on the economy and the real estate market, you can utilize a couple things to your advantage right now. It's never been easier to get seller financing. So we're able to get seller financing on a deal and it's never been easier to get good contractors to do work. So the group that I used in Scottsdale to renovate that luxury property, they hit me up and they said, Hey, if you got any of the projects you're working on, I don't care where it is in the country. We'll fly our crew out. So they brought their whole crew up to Northern California. They're staying on the hotel. They're away from their families. And so guess what they're doing? They're, they're working nights and weekends so they can get back home. So they actually knocked out the whole job, renovated the entire thing inside and outside in seven weeks. They started first week, October. They got done by Thanksgiving because they wanted to go home. I mean, think about that. Damn. And that's, that normally would have been a four or five month job. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and it's kind of similar to like, it's the whole like thing with, with you, Rich. It's like, even with them, right? Like they are moving super fast and it's just like you move super fast. Right. So it's mm -hmm. a thing that like overall is just like what's happening with you. And I think it goes back to what Mike was saying, right? A clear idea and intention of where you're going, how you're getting there. And then just like staying in your power. Because I remember like us talking in Miami. And that's the thing that for you is very important is like, okay, what is Rich good at? And then Rich is going to stay where Rich is good at. And then Rich is going to find support all around. Mm -hmm. And so like, I would love for you to talk about like, in terms of like supporting you, who was the first hire and like, who are the key hires that you can see in your, in your last 12 months? You're mm -hmm. like, okay, these people made a huge difference in my life. Yeah. So when I started the co-hosting business, I knew that we needed to go out and get a few deals under contract and in the pipeline. And so we had the first three in the pipeline and they were a couple weeks out from closing. And I knew, hey, we're going to have to send someone out to go launch these properties and design them and get them up and running and get them live. And I knew I wasn't going to be the one. And so I brought on uh, Jennifer, who is now operations manager, and she's doing a bunch of different stuff. She's been basically running that side of the company since day one and brought her on. She just jumped literally right in. And um, it was great because I had actually, this is going back about two years, I had helped her and her fiance buy their first short-term rental here in San Diego about 18 months prior. It was two units. And so she was hosting those properties while she was working her day job. And so I thought, wow, she's already got the experience. She already knows the operations. It'd be a perfect fit. And so she was really just plug and play. So brought her on. That was the first one. And then moving forward, as we continue to grow the portfolio, we brought on VAs to do the guest communications and then brought on another uh, individual, Andrea, who's been killing it. And she helps with, with a lot of different stuff within the operations and the day-to-day -day, vendor relationships um, and helps manage a lot of the VAs and, and that part of the, the business as well. And then with the summer's capital side, we're using that really to raise capital, to source these boutique hotels and put these deals together. So I knew when I broke up my partners, I'm going to need a few hires. So one was director of acquisitions. So went out to one of my guys. He was actually owned some short-term rentals. He was an engineer for Amazon. He was like, Rich, if you ever need someone to come do the real estate stuff with, let me know. I'm willing to quit my job. He's like, I want to get into real estate. So he was my first guy. And then I brought on two others. One is a director of investor relations and executive assistant. And then another one, uh, Lauren, she is a director of asset management. So she's doing all the asset management. But with that, 
she's going to be doing all the pricing tools for like all of our portfolio. So I thought, why not hand her the keys to our short-term rental portfolio and have her dial in the pricing and that sort of thing. Um, so when we start buying these hotels, we can just hit the ground running. That's kind of I love that dude. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. What's um, I'm curious selfishly because I've been considering the, that director of acquisition, Mm-hmm. Are they basically just going out building relationships or they're like solely sourcing deals or are they trying to get like the funding lined up too? Or like, what does that position look like? Yeah. So it's primarily sourcing and underwriting these deals because if we are taking down a couple of deals and we don't have the capacity to take down another one, but we have another good deal on our lap, we'll just wholesale it and then take a fee. Right. It's yeah. literally like the ROI on wholesaling a hotel is so good because it literally requires no other time other than underwriting the deal and sourcing it. So um, that's basically what what he's doing. So how we're sourcing is we have CoStar. And so literally every morning, team comes in here. First thing first thing he does is go on uh, LoopNet, Crexy, and just search for any brand new hotel listings in the country. Anything that's less than a few days old, what's new, scan those deals. Is it worth engaging? If not, great, move on. And then we're building out our list of brokers right now. And so mm-hmm. within CoStar, you can select any market in the country that you're interested in investing in, and you can pull up the top brokers who have all the transactions over the last few years. And so we'll start with those brokers. We'll cold call them, introduce ourselves, let them know who we are, let them know, hey, we got hot money looking to go to work, and uh, we're, ready to, we're ready to get some stuff under contract if you have the right opportunity. And so we'll put them on a list. We have an email list, and then we have a text message list. So every Monday... We'll send out a blast text message to all these brokers in our network. And it's like, hey, hope your weekend was well. Just checking in. What are the chances you might have uh, something in your pipeline that you're working on that might fit our criteria? Again, this is what we're looking for. And we've got a lot of deals that kind of sent our, our way that way via leads. And then we're also doing a referral program to where anyone out there, whether it's through social media, any of these brokers that we work with, if you bring us an off market boutique hotel that we close on, we'll pay you a $50,000 finder's fee. That's amazing. Love that, dude. Love and that. and what what does your buy box look like? And then is there certain deals that go into the buy box and it's like it's a maybe, or if it's a maybe, it's a no? Like what does that kind of process look like? How do you yeah. buy your deals? So first of all, to me, like anything in business, relationships, life, like it's a yes or no. I think the maybes are the, the, the ones that just suck time out of your life, right? So mm-hmm. the quicker I can get to a yes or a no, the quicker I can move on and get to another yes, right? And so with the deal yeah. sourcing process, um, our search criteria really is two to 10 million. We like the heavy value add stuff. So well-located assets. We love the coastal stuff. Well-located assets that are heavy value add. So stuff that hasn't been touched or renovated in decades. We love, we love stuff that hasn't traded in decades because most likely that seller has a lot of equity and they're willing to sell or carry. Um, and so for our model to work, we really need to be able to go in and like two, three, maybe four X the revenue of these properties in like 18 months through our renovation package and through our operations. Yep. And I think that's super important, right? Cause I was talking to some folks this weekend in Scottsdale about this, where like commercial real estate is an insider's game, mm-hmm. right? So like you may be able to, like we got our first deal off LoopNet. Well, kind of, it was on LoopNet for, it was sitting on LoopNet for a while. And then my, my partner found it a little bit later, but by you creating the relationships with those brokers and sending those weekly blasts, mm-hmm. okay, you're constantly staying top of mind. So what happens when a broker gets a deal in commercial real estate? They look at the deal and then they start hitting up all the previous investors that they've sold stuff to. I don't, I don't think it's laziness, but it's just like, hey, this is who I know. I can trust yeah. to close deals. 
-hmm. and they give them first dibs, right? So mm -hmm. if you're staying top of mind, you're going to see these assets before anybody else does. And the other thing that you didn't mention, but I want to pull it out is your buy box, like two to 10 mil. I think that is the perfect sweet spot right now because it's too big for most people like individuals, but it's way too small for the big money. Mm -hmm. So you're limiting your competition when you're focusing on properties in that price point. Cause you're not going against the hedge funds and everybody else. It's just like, it's just too small for them. They're managing billions of dollars. They're like, I'd have to do 50 of these things for it to even make sense. Mm -hmm. 100%. And another tip to your, for your listeners out there is, you know, when you're underwriting these deals and a broker sends you a deal, and if, even if it's a no-go and, and you're going to pass on it, always follow up with that broker. Thank them for the opportunity. Let them know the specific reasons why it didn't work for your model. And then remind them, reiterate your search criteria so that way they can go and find you the right deal. I have a lot of broker friends and what they tell me is 95% of investors out there never follow up and never tell them why it doesn't work. And so if you're just one of those investors that follows up all the time, it puts you in the top 5% of all the other buyers out there. And so next time that broker has a deal, guess who they're going to hit up first? They're going to hit you up. Yeah. And by creating that iterative, iterative process over time, like by educating them, you're going to have to review less deals because mm -hmm. then they're going to end up figuring out, all right, this is like the perfect deal for rich. Here you go. Right. But like you said, the communication piece is big. This is a relationship business. So, Again, if somebody takes the time out to give you a shot and send you a deal and you don't even respond, it's kind of like a slap in the face, guys. So like at least respond and be like, hey, like Rich said, thank you so much. Here's why this deal doesn't work for us. And again, this is what we're looking for. Like it's it's just basic business, but it's like not common practice, which blows my mind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, 100 percent. So that's kind of what we're looking at geographically. Like we're really targeting the coastal areas. Um, I know there's some some you know national parks in the middle of the country that do very well, but generally speaking, you know it's going to cost the same for us to renovate a hotel in Oklahoma than it is in Santa Barbara. But I know in Santa Barbara we're going to make a lot. We're going to create a lot more equity from those same renovations as we are in Oklahoma. So for me, I'd rather go in these these you know high growth markets that are coastal to where I know they're not going to go anywhere long term. Love it. So with, with summer's capital now, is it, are they individual syndications per deal or did you guys do a fund or like, let's just talk about that. Yeah. Real quick. So the, f right now we're going to do individual deals. If we take down a few more hotels and we have a few more in the pipeline, I'd love to explore the idea of creating a launching a opportunity hotel fund. Um, so that way we just have hot money that's ready to go to work. But as for now, it's just single asset. But uh, the way that we're taking down these deals is a little bit unique. So our business model is the steep value add stuff. So we know if we find the right deal, we can buy it at a discount and we have room to really, really grow that NOI and force that appreciation. We actually will not uh, solicit equity or give offer equity to our investors. We'll bring in investors. We'll give them a great return. The last one we did was 20% fixed return paid monthly, which is great. I mean, right now in this economy, I don't know where else you're going to find a fixed 20% return paid monthly. You're definitely not getting that in the stock market and you're not getting that in crypto. So anyways, that's kind of how we're taking those deals. So we'll source, you know, seller finance on the front end, and then we'll go to our investors and source the equity, the renovation, the holding costs, all that sort of thing, reserves. We'll raise that from them and we'll create an investor LLC which will lend to the hotel LLC secured by a promissory note. We'll personally guarantee it. And by doing that, we're able to use that capital and go take down these deals and own 100% day one 
without using any of our money. Now, there's a risk to doing that, right? One is if you go to refi and there's a gap or a shortage in the valuation and the new loan proceeds and being able to pay off the first loan and your investor loan, well, what are you going to do, right? So you got to have some backup options. So we know a lot of our investors are friends, family, personal investors of ours. If there's ever a gap, we can offer X amount to the investors to convert them from debt to equity to stay in the deal. Or worst case scenario, if there's ever like a black swan event or some crazy recession, we can go to them and be like, look, guys, obviously we can't forecast everything, but here's what we're willing to do. Work with us. We'll work with you. And let's cash flow this thing and let's sell our refi at a more opportune time. And so for me, I'm like, hey, let's get in these deals. Let's buy the right ones. Let's make sure we have enough value add to and buffer for air to where we can miss a little bit and still be fine. But push come to shove, if we got into a crazy scenario, we cross that bridge and we get there and we'll figure it out. We, we got a cool team and we're all about pivoting. Yeah. And I, you know, and I was just going to say one quick thing on that. And it, it applies to the short term rentals too, which is why I want to say it real quick. And then I know mm -hmm. he's, he wants to ask some questions. So the biggest thing, guys, in real estate, whether it's these boutique hotels or single family homes or whatever, is you have to know your numbers. Like, I don't know if you pulled that out from what Rich was just saying, but like, when you're analyzing deals, I can't tell you the number of people that hit me up in DMs and they're like, hey, I bought this deal and they'll send me a link to a listing and they're like, it's not making money. And I'm like, okay, how did you underwrite the deal? And they're like, well, the broker told me it was going to bring in this expenses were roughly this. I'm like, no, that doesn't count. Like you have to analyze every single deal and then you want to stress test it just like Rich was talking about. So it's like, okay. We're confident it's going to do this. If it does this, what does that look like? If it does less than that, where is like my break point? Right. And like stress test all of your deals. Right. So like make sure that you're running numbers. And I've said it a few times on the podcast and we keep hammering that home, especially now. It's super important now because we're in this weird shifting market like Rich was talking about. So you've got to know your numbers going into a deal. So again, I've got the links in all my bios. I've been yelling it from the rooftops. I will give you my deal analyzer for free. Like just go use it. It's strsecrets.com slash resources. Just please run numbers for the love of God, like run your numbers first. And then you're going to be able to, especially if you're going to start trying to raise money, like investors are going to want to see your pro formas and your projections. And if you don't have that, it's like, well, what are we talking about, dude? So sorry, e, I stole your thunder there, but I, nah, I, I no had worries. to get that off my chest. <laughs> no worries. And I think like, honestly, one, I now understand why seller financing is a, is a necessary component to your model. Right. Mm -hmm. And again, that goes back to understanding the more knowledge you have, the more ways you know how to skin a cat, mm -hmm. right? And that's that's what's been evident with you. Where you're like, okay, there's different ways that I can do. Even the idea of like wholesaling. People are like, why would you? Because it's easy money. And it's money that's already in your, in your system, in your pipeline. So I think a lot of people are going to have a hard time understanding how you're getting money from people to keep 100% of the equity. And again, to me, I've done that in the past as well. And what I've always said to people is like, it's all about how you explain the situation and how you tell your story. Mm -hmm. People are always willing, first of all, like a 20% return, it's, it's insane, right? So most people would be crazy not to do so. But what have been some of the like key points that like, you know, have helped you close so many investors in investing with you on such a like, really like crazy kind of like investment model, because it's like, there is margin of error. You have reduced it a lot. Mm -hmm. But I know like some of my investors would be like, 
what about this? What about this? What about this? Mm-hmm. Right. So how do you prepare yourself for that meeting? I guess that what I wanted to say was honestly, that. yeah, honestly, this model is an easy sell. It really yeah. is. I think it's an easier sell than doing a traditional syndication. And let me explain why. So the traditional syndication, you'll have a preferred return, typically six, seven percent. Um, and so the investors will get a six or seven percent cash flow, typically paid mm-hmm. quarterly, um, which is not a ton of money. It's not. And then they'll get the rest of their their proceeds and their returns whenever you go to sell or refinance the property five to seven years down the road. So your money's tied up for five to seven years. You're going to get a 6% drip along the way, which is not life changing. But with this model, we're going to give you a 20% cash flow paid monthly. By the way, we're going to assume all the liability, all the risk. You're just going to get the fixed 20% return. We'll give you your money back in 18 to 24 months. At that time, if you want to roll that back into another deal, we'll have more opportunities for you. How does that sound? If it's a fit, great. If not, no worries. That's it. Done. Mic drop. That. We can all go home now. No, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, did you guys hear how simple the explanation was? And again, I think at the beginning, people that hear my story, hear my story, hear your story, Rich, are like, oh, but what else is there? And you're mm-hmm. like, it's really not that mm-hmm. much right it's like this yeah. simple simple thing that i've said over and over and over again yeah. and i know what i'm talking about and you believe in the abundance is like if it's not a fit for you baby it's no problem like you know yeah. I mean? like, you go your way i go my way and everything everything is good and real quick one, one yeah. more thing i'll add to that before i move on is remember this when you're raising money a confused mind doesn't act and so what I mean by that is if you look at all these apartment syndicators out there, they have waterfalls and all these complex returns. And if we hit this you know, target, then you're going to get this return and preferred. It's confusing. Investors have a lot of questions They're like, what is this and what is that? Yeah. A lot of times these operators, I've heard them on calls. They don't even know how to explain their own returns. Where's this waterfall going? What's going on? With yeah. This waterfall? Yeah. It's, and it's some true. of these operators that are raising yeah. capital, they don't even know how to explain their own uh, return profile. I'm like, dude. Yeah. Like a confused mind doesn't act. So keep it simple. And that's why like with this 21% fixed debt model, it's so simple. I'm like, hey, this is what we're offering. This is when you can expect to get your money back. If it's a fit and you want to participate, great. If not, no worries. And that's it. Yeah, that was, I was literally, I was on mute because it was an ambulance going by, but I was literally <laughs> going to say exactly what Rich said. Cause I was doing a call yeah. with somebody earlier that's in the middle of a raise for, I think it's a 22 unit deal mm-hmm. and they have all these waterfalls. And I was like, dude, this is too complicated. Like no. you're no. trying to articulate that to me and I know what you're talking about. And like some investor has, is going to be like, yeah. what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. dude? Yeah. No. And it's also, I feel like it's, it's the old way of, of raising money or doing deals. That is the old, like chunky, clunky kind of way of doing things, which again, yeah. like keep it simple, stupid. And I think that is the biggest thing that people should know about our business is, is really that just keep it simple, keep it stupid and just keep And In, keep rolling, in my personal know? opinion, a lot of people use that model to try and, from an operator standpoint, the mm. one running the deal, they just try and do this to maximize their returns, not necessarily the investors. So it's like, dude, if you're good at what you do, just keep it simple. Get your investors a good return. Get their money back as quickly as you can and do it again. Yeah. Like, Don't overcomplicate it. Do a good job. Get them in the right deals. Run it effectively and rinse and repeat. 100%. Yeah. Exactly. And, and be transparent with everything. Yeah. The good, the good and the bad. Hundred percent, because that's I think also like and and I I have two points and then I have a question that I want to bring us to. So point number one is 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 that right? Always be be transparent. Don't oversell and underdeliver. Always undersell and overdeliver. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, 
there is a lot of conversation about people raising money. Please, 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 if you do this show, do it right. Mike and I have a friend that is like, called me yesterday, super geeked out about something. And Mike and I had the same feedback to him. He's like, did you talk to an attorney? Do you know what you're doing? Do you know how you're asking for money? Do you know where you're doing it? And again, guys, like to me, the whole point about like me putting love and effort into this show is to help you create a life where you're free. And sometimes that's going to take the time that it takes. But please do not in a hurry do shit the wrong way and jeopardize yourself, your freedom over something that would have taken an extra year or two years or three years, but then you will be set for the rest of your life, right? So don't throw around the word syndication lightly. Don't throw around the word I'm, I'm guaranteeing money, right? Like Rich is seasoned, understand what he's doing. That's great. If you listen to the show and you want to do this stuff, again, there's no problems. There's no, it's, I'm not saying that you can't. It's just please be mindful. Please talk to an attorney and please do it. Do it right. And yeah, SEC I know somebody, attorney specifically. Exactly. Security and exchange commission, <laughs> SEC attorney. You know, because I know people like horror stories are coming out through some of the groups I'm a part of, but people that like are now bank fraud and bank schemes and like real, mm-hmm. real prism for something that I'm like, was it worth it? Yeah, yeah. You, you blew up over the last 12 to 18 months. But well, here's the other thing. It's know? like, yeah, you, you, it's going to cost money to go hire an SEC attorney and do things right. But with the syndication, you're not paying those costs. The investors yeah. are paying those costs, right? And so it's not coming out of your pocket directly. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is this, is like before we even get to the point to where you're going to go raise capital, like go do some deals on your own with your own money. Get your I feet wet. What, what are you talking about? Exactly. Yeah, go get punched in the oh, mouth yeah. with your own money and learn your lessons that way before you go take other people's money. Because at the I end know. of the day, like if you're going to take money from others, you better trust in your bones that you're going to do good with that deal because that's a slice of income and time of that hard, you know, that person's time that they're never going to get back. And so and if you don't trust your bones, too, you right? Like you have no idea what you're gambling away in somebody's future and like how long it took them, right? And like 100%. understand something that is Rich talked about too. He per- like they personally guarantee it. There is a, a level of honor. Like I've, I raise money. I take people's money. If we're doing badly, that like my investors get paid out of my money, right? Because mm-hmm. that is my word to them. And like I did the investment, I ran the numbers. And if I did something wrong, you got to own up. You have to have extreme ownership as of, of, of your business. But that's how you keep investors, right? Because my investors now, they're like, hey, by the way, thank you for giving me back this money. I have that and more. Mm-hmm. You want it? Absolutely. Most people mistreat people's money and mistreat people's funds. Now, going to my question, right? 2023, super ambitious goal, 25 million worth of real estate. I know you, you're a planner, right? So what are you looking forward ahead? And you're like, okay, what do I need? Me, Rich, Summer's Capital. What do we need to accomplish this goal? Um, for us, it's simple. So it's really, it's really just we need the deals and we need the money. In order to get the money, we need to build the audience. So that means we need to be active on social media. I need to be going on other podcasts. Um, we need to be hosting events. We have our monthly meetups and we need everyone raising money on our team. So what I've done is created an ecosystem to where everyone on my team is going to have an opportunity to earn equity in all these deals that we buy based on how much capital they raise. So whether it's, you know, our acquisitions guy or it's, you know, the girls that are on the operations side, everyone's going to have an opportunity to raise money. Everyone has friends and family. And so in order for us to hit these targets, you know, 25 million, that's just the first target. Our big target is we want $1 billion of assets and that's our 10 year target. Right. And so in order for us to get to that, 
everyone's going to need to be raising money. Without raising money, this business doesn't go. I love that. And again, high level, creating win-win relationships all the way around. Mm -hmm. You get your team involved, you get their buy-in, and then you reward the team for that and grant them equity in a deal. Like, mm -hmm. I love it. I freaking love it. 100%. So I know we're getting tight on time. I could talk to you all day, bro, but Same. I want to be respectful yeah. of your time. And uh, before this wraps up though, I want to, I want to share this uh, hotel deal with you guys that we, we just uh, have an accepted offer on. It's a unique one. Let's hear it. I want to hear okay. it. So a year ago, a broker, a multifamily broker friend of mine shared this deal with me. One of his hospitality guys in his office had this deal that they were just shopping some offers. And at the time I wasn't even looking for hotels. And so when we launched Summers Capital and got in here, I'm working with the acquisitions guy. I'm like, hey, let's follow up with this hotel. I'm curious what it traded for. And we noticed that it didn't trade. And so I reached out to that broker and I said, hey, what's going on with this deal? Um, is it still available? And he goes, yeah, they didn't get the number they were looking for a year ago. Um, so they decided just to hold it and they're going to continue like, you know, operating it. And so I said, hey, what are the chances we could tour it? Are they still interested in selling? And so we typed up an expression of interest. We said, hey, we'd be interested to buy your hotel between this price and this price. What are the chances we could tour it? So I was like, great, go tour it. So we went and toured it. It's off market. And uh, it's unique. It's six blocks from our office here in downtown San Diego, just a few blocks from the Bay. We're close to the airport and just a block off of India Street, which is where all the trendy uh, restaurants and like bars are in, in San Diego right now. And so anyways, this deal is interesting. 24 rooms, no off street parking. It's 100 years old. It's very tired. It needs it needs some some life brought back into it. it needs a full renovation, which is good for our model. But the challenges are this. It's got no off street parking. It doesn't have 24 bathrooms. So there's 24 rooms. But four of the rooms, I believe, do not have bathrooms. And so a couple of the rooms that they're operating right now have bunks. And there's some, there's some people that share some of the bathrooms. And so we thought, okay, if we're going to do a full renovation uh, and, and kind of position this as more of a luxury independent hotel, higher end, are we going to be able to mix transient guests that are kind of renting out bunks with high-end guests? And we thought we could, but... It might not be the best business model. And so we thought, well, what if we get creative? You know, there's no off-street parking. So what's the solution for this? What if we did the rent by the bed model? And so we went and toured a bunch of the surrounding hostels here in downtown San Diego. And what we found was a lot of these hostels are charging 50, 60, 70 bucks a night for their bunks. And they're like all run down C-class properties, deferred maintenance, like not nice at all. Just very, very tired properties. And they're doing a good job driving occupancy and, and ADR with these bunks. And so we thought, well, what if we renovate this entire property and bring in like a, like a high-end, nice, clean, not just a place to stay, but like a trendy experience and like really hit the social media marketing heavy and do like nice custom built-in pods to where everyone has a little bit of privacy. They can have their own little workstation, maybe a little TV charging station and just kind of position it that way. And so that's how we underwrote the hotel. And by doing that, by putting five and a half, six beds per room, we're able to really, really drive that ADR and like the rev par. And this is just conservative numbers. Like right now the hotel is doing 800 a year with our model being somewhat conservative. We're confident we can hit 1.8 million in revenue by doing this. Damn, dude. So like to highlight some quick high level math, what are cap rates out there? So hotel cap rate in San Diego right now is 6.9%. And because of the climate that we're in, I tell the team, I'm like, look, let's add a hundred basis points to that right now. And just assume when we refi this deal in 18 months, it's going to be 7.9. Yeah. I was going to say I'd underwrite it at like eight and be conservative. So, mm -hmm. okay. 
let's just say, so you're adding a million bucks in top line and let's just say the expense ratio, I've never done a hostile type, but let's just say it's 60% just for shits, right? Sure. 60% expense ratio. So that adds $400,000 in net operating income. Okay. I'm just doing quick math on my calculator. Okay. Now divide that by 0 0.08 by doing that guys. Okay. By doing this, he just added $5 million in equity to this deal. Okay. So that's why I love the commercial stuff. And if you follow my Instagram, you'll see I've been heavy with the hotel stuff lately because you, there's just so much more room to force appreciation. Like mm -hmm. you have much more direct control over the value of the property because it's all based on the amount of net operating income that it produces. Right. So dude, that's a killer idea. I like it a lot. And especially if it's like a trendy area, yeah, like it's the right area with the right model and the right marketing can definitely make that work. 100% because to, to run a standard hotel room out here with like a motel six, for example, or like a super eight, you're gonna be dropping 150 bucks, you know? And so mm -hmm. for someone like me, even if I'm traveling somewhere, I'd rather drop 70 bucks and be in like a really cool, clean spot and an opportunity to meet other solo travelers and business people. To me, that's more appealing personally. Mm -hmm. You know, Dude, I love it. I love it. So this is early stages for this, right? Or did Very you early stages. We just haven't accepted LOI. We're, we're waiting for the first draft from the legal. We're hoping to have this under contract and executed by early next week. And then we'll have 21 days due diligence. We need to get some more answers from the city, from legal on what we can and cannot do. We got to run our contractors through there. And um, from there, once we get through DD, if it's a green light, we're going to raise the money and hopefully get this thing uh, tied up and, and closed by January sometime. Damn, dude. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, dude, this has been super fun. Selfish. You might for, go for part me. two after after January when you close on that one and just. Yeah, we should do it in like maybe it. like March once. Well, maybe March or April, whenever like the Reno's done, we get this thing mm -hmm. live. Yeah. And yeah, uh, we can we'll do a mastermind, a mastermind event at the at the hotel, and everybody just kind of hangs out together, sharing. That'd be cool. I love know? that. I I'd I'd also like, love uh, to get you guys out here for one of our yacht meetups. Yeah, I mean. Dude. If we don't meet on a yacht, we're not. I thought it was cool out. to do it once at our event, and you're doing <laughs> no, it on the reg. Out no, there, like man. Rich was like, "Oh, I like this. I'm gonna do this every month." And Mike is like, "Wait, <laughs> what? This is a special thing." And Rich is like, "Yeah, it is. Every <laughs> month, come, come." I, I like here. I like hanging out with E on the yacht, man. He's a, he's a good time. <laughs> uh, we can it. count on E for you know what I mean. Hugs I like and good times. You know. Yep, yep. Well, dude, thank you again for coming on. Before we get into the last question, where can folks, you know, get in contact with you and learn more about uh, Summer's Capital and Fortune Cribs and all the good stuff that you guys got going on? Yeah, absolutely. So I put a lot of good free content on my uh, Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. It's at rich underscore summers. And uh, if you want to learn more about uh, investing in boutique hotels, you can check us out at summerscapital.com. And uh, if you want to check out my new podcast, which is dropping February, I'm sorry, December 13th, it's the Rich Summers Report. Love it, dude. Love it. So the last question that we ask all of our guests is, what is your number one secret to success with short-term rentals? I'm going to answer that in, in the perspective of what's my number one secret to success in just real estate investing in general and business. And I'm going to say it's just simply taking action. You know, uh, most people, when they have a new idea, they go into a big planning phase and they wait for the plan to be perfect before they ever get started. And because a plan is never going to be perfect, most people actually never get started. And so for me, every time I've had the most growth or success in my life, it's simply by just taking step one and that's taking action and committing to the goal in the target and then figuring out how after as I go, because we're always going to be pivoting along the journey. Love it. Love it. Well, Rich, 
thank you again for coming on here, man. Really excited to hear how this next project turns out and uh, pumped to see you guys grow in 2023 and beyond, bro. Appreciate you guys. Likewise, always a pleasure chatting with you guys. And uh, if I don't talk to you guys in the meantime, have a uh, happy and safe holidays. Likewise. Likewise, brother. All right. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Hey, STR Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes, and we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.